So Romans 8, 31 to the end. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we faith death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Uh, Well, I want to start by asking, what are you most anxious about for the year ahead Here as we get to the start of the year, uh, think about what uh, 22 has in store for you. Uh, What are you most anxious about for this year? I'm certain there's something that jumps into your mind as you think of that. What are you most anxious about this year? Here's my question. Is it something external or is it something internal? Is it something external Or is it something internal? So we have external dangers all around us, don't we? We don't know what's going to come at us this year. We might be worried about COVID and having to isolate and what that's going to mean for our uni course and and all manner of things. Uh, You might be anxious about something bigger like climate change or or movements in our world that are beyond our control that just come in and, and overwhelm us. We have external dangers. But there's also internal doubts, isn't there? There's also internal doubts. Maybe the thing that you're most anxious about for the year ahead is you. That somehow you won't measure up at uni or at work. That somehow you'll be the one to ruin a relationship. That your sin and your failings will come crashing down on you. We face internal doubts. But God is not insensitive to those things. He is not insensitive to our worries and our anxieties that we bring into this new year. And so uh, tonight I want us to turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 is about assurance, it's about how God speaks to those anxieties. As Paul wraps up this really this amazing chapter, he wants to leave us uh, with this assurance of God's love, even in in the face of external dangers and internal doubts. Uh, It's such a beautiful piece of writing, and we've only read uh, a small bit because we want to dissect it in detail tonight. Um, Here's his picture. Who's heard this podcast? Okay, Um, number of hands means that that's definitely an old man podcast. Um, 
I'm really into it. Strong songs. It's fantastic. Uh, basically, this guy takes the best pop, pop songs and he breaks them down into tiny pieces, into their constituent parts. And um, he'll like play a little snippet of it and he'll be like, oh, listen to the marimba in the background there. You know, something like really niche. And he'll, he'll kind of pull apart the different sections and he'll play a little bit um, on his own instruments and then kind of layer them together so you see how it's built. It's a really fascinating uh, show to listen to. That's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to go strong songs on Romans chapter 8. Just the little end bit. Uh, What we want to do is dissect it, break it down, find out all the constituent parts um, to see it for all its brilliance because it speaks to those anxieties that we bring to this year. So we're going to do, do it by looking at two lists. Uh, two lists, kind of boring, scientific. Just going to break it down. Two lists. List one, reasons why your salvation is secure. List two, things that can't separate you from God's love. Reasons why your salvation is secure. List two, things that can't separate you from God's love. List one, reasons why your salvation is secure. Number one. God is for us. That's where um, Paul goes first. This section starts off uh, by looking back at the previous bit. Verse 31 says, What then shall we say in response to these things, these other things that we've been talking about? Uh, What are these things that Paul is pointing out? He's probably pointing back to the whole of the letter so far, the way that God has given us peace with Him, adopted us as His children through Jesus. And so what then will we say in response to that, to God having done all of that? Well, you have to say that God is for us. He is for our good. He's in our corner. He's on our side. And if that's true, then look at the logic. Verse 31, if God is for us, then who can be against us? Uh, That's the logic of this, uh, this section. If God has already shown His hand, if He's made us secure, then who could possibly dislodge us from that? And the scene that He kind of works up through this section is a courtroom. Picture, you know, judge, curly wig kind of deal, black robes, uh, everything kind of very official laid out. We're in a courtroom. And all of Paul's rhetorical questions here have a legal sense He says, who could be against us? Verse 33, who will bring any charge? Verse 34, who then is the one who condemns? This is legal language. And the answer to all those questions is no one. No one can do any of those things because God is for us. He is on our side. In this legal drama, God is on our side of the courtroom. So how do we know that God is for us. Jeff, you just stood up here and said, God's on our side. How do we know that? Well, uh, we look back to the cross, it says. Verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. Will he not also along with him Graciously give us all things. Again, see the logic? If he's already done all this, then we know he's going to do the next bit. 
Uh, think about your parents, for example. Um, most parents give an incredible amount for their kids. I've really only uh, kind of become aware of it as I have become a parent myself. And it's dawned on me how much my parents did for me. All the stuff that I didn't even realize at the time, all the, the nappies, the, the crippling lack of sleep that they had to go through, all the, the, the trips to, to school and weekend sport and all the running around and everything that they did, uh, you know, bearing with me through the ungrateful teenage years, just all of that. They gave up so much. And you might reflect on your parents and think, yeah, they, my parents did the same for me. And it's like that. If they've already given me so much, why would I doubt that they would keep on doing it? Even as I've kind of grown up to be an adult and have my own kids, my parents still give and give and give. And it's like that, but only far, far greater with God. If He's already given us the immeasurable gift of His Son, then won't He go on and give us all things? And so we can be confident that all things will work for our eternal good because we already have the most valuable thing. He's given us His Son, Jesus. So, reasons why your salvation is secure. Reason one, God is for us because He gave us His Son. Reason two, God has justified us. Have a look at verse 33. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Again, just peer into the logic. Justification is, is the word that gets used for uh, the declaration of being not guilty. When you're declared not guilty, you are justified. And so it's very hard to bring a charge against someone who's already been acquitted, right? If you've already been justified. And that's what God has done. And look who did the justifying it is the judge. God himself is the one who gave his son to remove our punishment from us. He's the ultimate judge and he's the one who has justified us. So how could anyone bring an accusation into this courtroom? You would have to be the most arrogant prosecution lawyer imaginable to think that you could come and bring a charge against someone who's already been acquitted. But it turns out that's who we're up against. The name Satan means accuser. That's what he does. He throws accusations out at us constantly. He wants us to have those internal doubts that we're not good enough, that God can't forgive us. And he's full of venom and he's a snake and he's so arrogant that sometimes we think he's right. But can I assure you, his case is hopeless. Hopeless. He's accusing us before God in the courtroom in which God is the judge. But that is the same God who gave his son for us. So his case is hopeless hopeless against you. Even if you have those internal doubts, know that God has justified us. So, reasons why your salvation is secure. God is for us. God has justified us. And reason three, 
Jesus intercedes for us. Here, uh, Paul points to our defence lawyer. Verse 34, who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, he's the one. He is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Our defence lawyer is Christ Jesus. He's the one interceding for us. Jesus now isn't kind of sitting around twiddling his thumbs somewhere up kind of in the heavenly realms doing his thing. No, right now he's got a job and his job is interceding for us, speaking to God on our behalf. He is the the court-appointed lawyer given to us to defend us. Imagine that. You turn up to to court and your your legal aid lawyer is Jesus. That's uh, not bad. Every accusation Satan throws up, Jesus just shoots it down. He says, I died for that. I paid for that. And look at his credentials. If you ever need a lawyer, you, you actually want one with like all the letters before their, like after their name. You know, you want someone who's a QC, a big shot. Well, Jesus is the one who died to pay the penalty for sin. He's the one who was raised to be king over everything. They are his credentials. He's our lawyer. And so can you see how secure your salvation is? If that is true for you, then none of Satan's accusations will work. No matter how strong those uh, internal doubts are as they rise up within you. When you look at what God has already done in Jesus, that's where we find our security. List one, reasons why your salvation is secure. God is for us. God has justified us. Jesus intercedes for us. Okay, uh, that's list one, halfway there. Uh, list two, we're going to dive back in. We're gonna, this is like the, the bridge of the song, uh, morphing into the chorus, which is a little bit different to the first half. Uh, we want to uh, find all those bits. Maybe we've got a new instrument that pulls in. Uh, let's see, list two, things that can't separate you from God's love. Things that can't separate you from God's love. If our relationship with God is so secure, then here's a list of things that won't ever break it. First thing, earthly suffering. Here, Paul has in mind uh, those external dangers. Have a look at verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? What's going to do that? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, any of those things? Now, uh, some of those things are pretty severe on the list, sword, right? But Paul isn't just talking about extreme persecution. That does happen around the world. But he's not just talking about that. He's also pointing to everyday troubles that every Christian faces. A sickness, a failed exam, rejection, loneliness, just commonplace hardships. Those things can be painful too. But they can't do one thing. They can't separate you from God's love shown in Jesus. They can't do it. Take sickness, for example. Uh, If you, across the course of this coming year, if you get sick, maybe something uh, that stays with you, something difficult. A serious illness always 
leads to those questions. You know, God, why is this happening to me? And it's okay. Like, it's okay to ask those questions. We need to grapple with our situation. And the Bible helps us. The Psalms are full of godly people asking those hard questions. But no matter what comes from outside, there's, there's one question that we always know the answer to, and that is, does God still love me? Does God still love me? Because the answer is always yes. The illness has not separated you from God's love. And you know because of list one. Because God has already shown his love to you in Jesus. It's an established fact. And so he will certainly keep on loving you till the end. Jesus is still interceding for us. And so we know that God is always for us, on our side. We have that assurance that even sickness, even struggles can't separate us from God's love. In fact, this is a piece of kind of practical tip for Christian life. If you visit a friend who is sick or struggling, then just turn to Romans 8. That is the chapter to read with them. Just turn to Romans 8. You don't have to get fancy. You don't have to find some niche chapter in Ezekiel. Just read Romans chapter 8. Read Psalm 23. Uh, remind them of the security of God's love for them. Sickness can't separate you from God's love. Earthly suffering can't. The second thing that can't is spiritual powers. Maybe this is an unexpected one that you didn't expect to see on the list, but it's there in verse 38. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons neither the present nor the future, nor any powers. It's talking about spiritual powers. None of these things can do it. In the ancient world, uh, people went to great lengths to try and influence the spiritual realm around them. They had special incantations, they carried amulets, uh, they'd go to the temple and and offer sacrifices uh, to try and get favour from the spiritual world. That's not just an ancient thing, is it? That happens all the time, even in our society, uh, all, the, all the time around Perth. As people um, read a message from the universe in their dreams, they think that they're being directed by some forces, they check their horoscopes maybe, or they knock on wood, uh, or they use their lucky lotto numbers. There is this underlying idea that there's power out there that I just need to tap into for my good. But Paul says, whatever is out there, the spiritual powers, they cannot separate you from God's love. Because Jesus has defeated Satan and the spiritual powers that accuse us and threaten us. And so the Christian is free from worry about spiritual powers and mysterious forces somehow undermining us or throwing us off. Jesus rules over them. And so they can't separate you from God's love. Okay, so list two, things that can't separate you from God's love. Earthly suffering, spiritual powers, and finally, world events. World events. Uh, we, need to, we need to be reminded of that, don't we? World events. Neither the present nor the future. I don't actually know what the future will bring. Will COVID 
come in a huge wave and, and break our hospital system? We don't know. Will we get a new strain that will change everything around again? We don't know. Will things just go back to normal? We don't know. And even if they go back to normal, what is normal? Is normal like war in the Ukraine? We don't know what world events will come. And we feel like we're at the mercy of of this huge, scary world around us. But there's one thing that world events can't do. They can't separate you from God's love. Because God is sovereign, right? He's made the world and He holds the present and the future in His hands. And He will not lose track of His children no matter what happens. And so His love is a a rock-hard, solid fact written into the pages of history that He has sent His Son to show His love for you. And so whatever comes in the future, that can't separate you from God's love. And that's why when Paul thinks about all these things, his resolution is there in verse 37. He says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. More than conquerors. Uh, He actually makes up a word there, like coins a new phrase. Uh, It's kind of super conquerors, over conquerors. Uh, Not that the Christian always beats sickness or never faces an uncertain future but that God is working all these things for our eternal good. He's working them for our good, to make us more like Jesus, to make us rely on Him more, to bring us home to Him. And that's why you can say that Christians are are more than conquerors, super conquerors. See, to be a conqueror is just to beat someone in battle, right? You kind of defeat them and, you know, you win the arm wrestle and and you've, you've won. But we're super conquerors, over conquerors. It's like a computer game where every hit that you take actually increases your health points. Like we we get stronger from those things. That's what he's saying. In Jesus, those struggles actually strengthen us to endure to the end. God uses sickness and he uses COVID and hard times for our good. He takes those things and he flips them on their head and he uses them. To, to turn them inside out so that they're good for our eternal uh, purposes in God, to be with Him, to come home to Him. And so Paul is very happy to say we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. List one, reasons why your salvation is secure. God is for us. Jesus, uh, God is... God is for us, God has justified us, Jesus intercedes for us. And list two, things that can't separate you from God's love. Earthly suffering, spiritual powers, world events. Uh, Paul packs all that in because he wants the Christian to know that they are secure in Jesus. To ask, does that make you feel secure? Do you feel secure having taken that that kind of breakdown tour through this amazing passage. Can you put yourself in that courtroom scene and can you see the way that God has justified you? How, how Jesus is there defending you. How God has already given his son for you. 
So you know He is on your side. Maybe you've got some things to work out about that. Maybe you need to find out a little bit more about what Jesus has done or how that kind of connects to us. Um, I'd love to chat with you more about that. Uh, getting involved here in the church community is a great step to finding out more about what Jesus has done. Can I encourage you to do that? As I was uh, preparing this talk, I thought to myself, what would it be like uh, to meet Paul, uh, the guy who wrote this chapter, and to talk about Romans 8, this, this amazing, beautiful passage. And so uh, as I was kind of preparing, I, I had this little daydream to myself. I'm like, oh yeah, what would that be like? And I'd say to him, Paul, you know, I'm so thankful to God for you. You know, Romans 8 was, was so helpful. It helped me understand, you know, how secure my salvation was and how secure we are in Christ. Um, and he'd say, you know, praise God, that was great. And I'd say, yeah, and I, you know, I got to preach it once at, at, at Uni Church, and we broke it down into lists, and we kind of listed everything out, and we kind of pulled it to pieces, uh, and we analyzed each bit. And I imagined him sitting down and being like, ah, oh, yeah, good. You know, I'm glad, I'm glad that you, the church, church works so hard to kind of break it down and, and analyze it and stuff. But you know what? Uh, it, was, it was meant to be beautiful, too. I wanted you to read it and to feel it, you know, to, to, to know that there's nothing in all creation that could separate you from God's love. I hope you felt it too. I wanted it to be beautiful. So you'd read it over and over and over and never get sick of it. And so you'd memorize it and teach it to your kids and your grandkids. I don't know if he'd actually say that. Uh, but I think that that's true. I think it's true. We've done the Strong Songs uh, breakdown, uh, but the amazing thing is to listen to the whole song in, in its kind of completed form. That's what's so great about Strong Songs, the podcast, that in breaking it down, actually you, you see it more for what it is, so that when you listen to it, you can, you can hear it in all its beauty and brilliance. Romans 8 isn't just giving us uh, information in a list It's meant to be beautiful because it's telling us about the God who loves us and the security of that love. And that truth needs to drop just from our heads and the kind of list of information down into our hearts. It needs to move from here down to here. So it's something that we know that is true and real for us as we face those external dangers and those internal doubts and the anxieties of the coming year, so that we know the security of God's love for us in Jesus. And so we're going to finish with the words uh, that we read at the start. We'll read from verse 35. I want to spend this time uh, just meditating on uh, these words. Romans 8, 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. 
For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord.